You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Fellow adventurers, I am in Talanus, the capital city. I'm going to visit the Cathedral of Silver Wayne. The Cathedral of Silver Wayne is the largest of the churches of Sithak within Tysa's capital city. Though formal worship is not currently taking place here, a good number of people are present. Many of those present kneel in silent prayer before a wide, silvery, whipping pool that sits within the shallow recess of a three-tiered dais. A steady trickle of silvery water spills down behind, down a wall behind the dais and gently, and splashes gently into the rippling pool. On an eight plaque, hanging from the wall directly beneath the falling water, there's three words in large, raised letters. Honesty. Humility. Faith. Explore the cathedral. On the far side of the cathedral's main chamber, you discover a set of tall steps winding upwards. Curiously, curiosity gets the better of you, and after quickly glancing around to be certain you won't be seen, you begin climbing the quiet stair. You counted Nearly twenty steps when the sound of a man screaming from somewhere above reaches your ears. His desperate, fearful cries end abruptly. Continue up the stairs and investigate. You fly up up the west of the winding staircase and arrive at a landing that opens onto a broad hall. Peering around the corner into the hallway, you behold a gruesome sight. Four masked figures stoop over the body of a fallen priest. Each of the masked figures wields a black wooden cudgel. 
An open window overlooking a lower courtyard to where they stand appears to provide you the means by which these men gained access to the hall. Finish it, says one of the masked figures. He has no, he has no sooner spoken the words. One of his cohorts raises up his cudgel as we to strike the prone priest a final blow. So I could retreat down the stairs and leave, but I think then I might well be damned. So obviously I have to accept, have to attempt to save the priest. Realize you have only seconds to save the life of the priest from the savage blow about to about to be laid on him by his master sailor. So a few options here: could rush forward, use archery, illusion. Fortification or telekinesis. I'll give illusion a go. 8 XP to illusion. The sound of heavy footballs tramping up the steps gains the attention of the four masked men and causes the man with the waist cudgel to slowly lower his weapon. Moments later, a group of armed city guardsmen led by a robed priest step from the landing into the hall, sending the masked men scrambling through the open window through which they originally entered. Once you are certain they are gone, you dispel your clever illusion and rush over to aid the fallen priest. The priest has been badly beaten by his assailants, but you manage to bring him around, and when his eyes open, he smiles weakly and allows you to help him to his feet. He tells you he was on his way to the cathedral bowl when some important documents about with some important documents bound for storage, when the masked men entered the hall through the window and assailed him. There were a number of important things kept in the vault, he says, but I'm not certain which of those would interest the thieves. We mostly keep our records and documents there. The priest, a stout, middle-aged man, introduces himself as Salem and thanks you earnestly for coming to his assistance. It's not mere chance that brought you hither in my moment of need. Of that, I am certain, he says, smiling. Your father is ever-present, and those who maintain faith in the guidance of his oft-unseen hand will walk a road less perilous for it. Swain thanks you again, and you bid him farewell before descending the stairs and leaving the cathedral. Okay. Sounding Oak. Let's visit the Sounding Oak. The Sounding Oak, an ancient enchanted tree that is revered by the people of Tosa, towers over a circular stone-walled garden in one of the oldest sections of Taranus. Over the past few centuries, the grand tree has lost several limbs, which has caused it to assume a withered, almost eerie appearance. Despite this, the Sounding Oaks oak and the garden in which it stands remains a place where people frequently congregate. Right, there's a link for the sounding oak. The sounding oak, a tree many claim, is older than the city that surrounds it, towers over a stone-walled circular garden in one of the oldest sections of the Titian capital. While there is little doubt that the massive ancient oak is enchanted, it is longed long been believed that the magic protecting and preserving the tree is weakening. Oh no! Over the past three centuries, the tree has lost several limbs, 
and as a consequence of this has taken on a rather eerie, withered appearance. Despite its most more recent hardships, the sounding oak remains an imposing, majestic presence in the city. One that serves to remind the people of Taranus and the kingdom of large of the determination and resilience of the Titian people. And they're going to need buckets full of both of those. Step up to the standing oak. You move up and stand before the ancient oak. A small group of people several yards away near the owl, near the guard's eastern wall listen intently as an old, white-haired man expounding about the foretold return of Woundskin. After nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh, droning rhetoric. Step away from the tree. Step up again. You move up. Up and stand before the ancient oak. A small group of people, several yards away, near the garden eastern's wall, listen intently to an old white-haired man expounding about the farm problems faced by the farmers of North Antosa. For nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh, droning rhetoric and step away from the tree. Step up for the third time. No, okay, but no. Return of wound skin. You move up and stand before the ancient oak. A group of, se- of people several yards away, near the garden's eastern wall, listen intently to an old, white-haired man expounding about the deplorable state Artisa's neglected naval fleet. For nearly a minute, you tire of the man's harsh, droning rhetoric. Step away from the tree. Alright, that, that's all enough of the stony arc. Okay, let's go to the Iron Claw Weapon Market. Market. Examine wears a Perth Kinbolt. There he is. Unique weapons, which you can only get one of, and which you can only acquire here, as I've told you before. Continue on your way. Leave the market. On your way out of the weapon market, you're approached by a short, blump, nervous man, who introduces himself as Barlin, and asks if he might have a word with you. I got a proposition that someone like you is sure to be interested in, he says in a low quivering voice. Listen to what he has to say. Speaking in a hushed tone, Erlen tells you he's learned of your your reputation as an adventurer while passing through Hawklaw several weeks ago. Tells you that since then he's been attempting to track you down. When you inquire about his reasons for seeking you out, he becomes fidgety and glances about nervously as he wishes to make certain his reply is not overheard. I have come upon some information that might interest a man of such bold character, he says. I know the location of a dragon's lair. Barlin told you that his brother, a woodcutter and huntsman from a nearby village, stumbled upon a well-hidden dragon's lair, tucked away in an obscure part of the deep woods west of the city. You learn that Barlin's brother watched the lair from a safe distance for several days and has seen the fearsome beasts entering and leaving its concealed abode. Barlin further says that his brother has discovered a predictable pattern to the dragon's comings and goings. 
In other words, he says, wringing his hands nervously, he knows when the lair is going to be empty. Darling tells you that neither he nor his brother are brave enough to dare to enter the lair. But he figures an adventurer of your standing would be interested in obtaining such information. Brother and I are by no means wealthy, he says. We would willingly part with this information for a thousand gold. Surely an adventurous sort of you, such as yourself, can see the value in what we have to offer. So I could haggle, I could use force, but no, no, pay one thousand gold. Barlin takes your gold and at once imparts to you the location of the dragon's lair, and the times it is likely to be unoccupied. He wishes you luck and quickly departs along the street. Armed with the information Bar Barlin has given you, you may investigate the matter at your leisure. Please review the entry titled A Dragon's Lair under the ongoing adventure section of your adventure log. Instructions on proceeding with this adventure. Okay, there it is. It's adventures for this location. A Dragon's Lair. But first, let's continue to scroll down this list. Tofia's Training Yard. Tofia's Training Yard is a place where warriors from across the North Borklands come to seek the training of one of the world's most accomplished weapon masters. Tofia employs several master warriors and is thus able to provide instruction across a wide array of armed combat skills. Chofo himself is an aging, grey-haired warrior of immense skill. He is often called upon to train the kingdom's elite warriors, most notably Telsa's border rangers, in the multitude of weaponry techniques seek to train here. You may seek to acquire new weaponry skills in Telsa's training yards, or speak to spar with one of the many expert warriors employed here. New weaponry skills. I've got them all. Okay, speak with Tofa. Tofa is much too busy at the moment to talk with anyone, as he attended to one of his many daily duties. Of course, of course. Seek to train here. Seek to spar. It will cost you 25 gold tokens to spar with Tofa's men. With this modest sum, you'll be able to engage in non-lethal combat, lucky for them, with each of the eight veteran warriors those services Tofa retains. Pay 25 gold to spar. Your decision to spar at Tolfa's warriors good causes a good deal of local excitement. A small crowd of onlookers gather around the wide courtyard behind the main building to watch as you prepare to hone your skill against an interesting assortment of combat veterans. You pause for a moment and the small crowd gathered at the edge of the training yards shows you with cheers and a few years as you contemplate who your next opponent will be. Go easy on him now, laughs Tolfa as he beats himself with some chore on the far side of the yard. He might not come back this way unless we all play lice. Who will be your next opponent, Zoop? Yep, so there's eight warriors. I'll start with Sark Palestone. Yeah, fighting Sark Palestone. He strikes you with the flat of his blade. 
and is defeated. Down he goes, 2xp. Sark congratulates you in a well-fought contest as you hope and return to your feet. Well, that was certainly a bit of fun, he smirks. Perhaps we can try it again sometime. And fully healed. When you are sufficiently rested, you turn your attention to the next possible bout. A gaunt-faced warrior in a chain shirt. Here we go. He strikes you with the flat of the blade. The warrior executes a dazzling manoeuvre that easily pierces your defences for five damage. Then again for four damage. Uh, but he's still defeated. Four XP. The gaunt-faced warrior turns and strolls out of the yard without saying a word. Several people on the small gathering of onlookers chuckle at this, and Toffer, looking on from the far side of the yard, shakes his head and rolls his eyes. And unpeeled again. Right, Hogtooth. Who is Hogtooth? Hogtooth grunts loudly as he swings at you with the flat of his axe. Hogtop! Octop slams the flat of his axe into your gut, causing you to double over in pain. Five damage. Okay. Flat of my axe in the gut again. <laughs> like that, but louder. You defeated your foe. Hogtooth pats you on the shoulder before, before, XP, before lumbering off across the yard, his necklace of tusks rattling as he goes. Ah. So that's why he's tall or called Hogtooth. The Green Masked Woman. There we are. The Masked, masked Weapon Mapper swings at you with a heavy wooden staff. The Masked Woman spins a heavy wooden staff into your side with tremendous force for six damage. Yeah, these, these is, this is a really, really old adventure, so... When this game was first made, getting through all of these was was late game content. But now it's just something you do whenever. Defeated, the green masts five XP. The green mass woman bows gracefully and congratulates you on a good showing. It's good to see I'm not the only one who can hold my own about this place. She laughs. Okay. Fully restored, a wild-haired warrior. There he is, or she is. The warrior swings at you with his heavy wooden club, and is defeated. Five XP. The wild-haired warrior staggers to his feet, and laughs heartily as meets you in a shoulder cross. Today must be a lucky day. He jests, slapping you on the back as he departs. And I healed a hideously scarred swordsman. Hideously scarred former pirate. Ah, and so on. The former pirate attacks you with a series of savage strokes. The opponent strikes you with a dizzling combination of brutal blows for eight damage. Keep her and down he goes. Five X speed. The former pirate springs to his feet and spits on his ground as he regards you with an icy stare. A 
After several moments, his demeanour softens somewhat and he extends his white arm to meet you in a shoulder cross. You hold your own. You'll hold your own. That you will, he says curtly. Healed again. Now, Burrit the Unbroken. He's going to have to change his name soon to Burrit the Only Broken Watts. But we don't like to talk about that. Okay. The fierce warrior swings at you with the flat of his broadsword. And he's defeated. 5 XP. Burrit congratulates you on your victory. And tells you he is rarely faced. Anyone with your high degree of combat prowess. There ought to be plenty for a lad of your metal to attend to these days, he smiles. And I'm healed. Now the last one. Sword Master Irkwin. There he is. I assume he's buff. Irkwin casually swats at you with the flat of his blade. Mm. Maybe you shouldn't be so casual about this. You're getting whooped. And you are defeated. That is, Urquin is defeated. A small crowd of onlookers gasp in shock as Urquin the Swordmaster drops to his knees and sees the contest. Rarely has this proud warrior tasted defeat. He promptly stands up and congratulates you on your victory before striding off across the yard. Toffio looks on with great interest from the far side of the yard. Alright, I am healed. You're approached by Tofia, who congratulates you on having defeated his crew of talented warriors. He offers you the chance to spar with him, if you so desire. You sense the aging warrior has a keen desire to test his mettle against a man who is just best at his master fighters. Accept the offer to spar with Tofia. There he is, it's Tofia himself. Tofa strikes at you with the flat of his blade. And I'm striking with the flat of my mace. I don't know how you do that. Because it's mostly flat. I know maybe the side. Maybe it's not hitting that hard. Alright, and he is defeated. 6 XP and 128 XP to general. The crowd of onlookers emits a loud gasp as your final blow drives the master warrior to his knees. Choffa holds up his right hand, signalling that the contest is over. You help him regain his feet. Never faced better, pants the ageing warrior, a shocked expression, betraying the newfound respect he has for your remarkable combat abilities. Choffa bids you farewell and you make your way off the field of battle. Okay, seat to train here, spar again. Right, okay, I can do it again. Okay, I'm going to stop. Leave the training yard, okay. 12 yards training yard, have been to the West Guard Library. This is the estate merchant. Now, time to explore Talinus. No, that's not what I want. No, a random encounter here. You're about to have a random encounter in or about the city of Talonus. Good luck. Proceed to a random encounter. 
For several hours you move about the city, taking in the sights and sounds of the kingdom's bustling capital. You observe many interesting things during your wandering, with nothing that will merit any sort of mention here. Alright. Well, that's a nothing message. Nothing message. There's going to be things. Well, while wandering through the city, you encounter a tantalitted juggler entertaining a large crowd of onlookers. The juggler, a white-haired man in a green tunic, is expertly juggling several clay balls, seven clay balls. As he tosses the balls higher and higher with each pass, the crowd collectively emits a nervous gloop gasp. Alright, picking a number. A bonus of 80. All from Feathery. Hmm, something must be up. I've got a pack, gotta see. Gotta see if I figure out what it is. 116. Out of the corner of eye, you spot two men. Men moving furtively through the crowd of onlookers. It takes you only a few moments to realise the two men are picking the pockets of awestruck spectators. You also note that the juggler's gaze repeatedly darts over to the pair of men. Appears he's keeping the crowd's attention while his cohorts will leave them of their gold. Okay, so I can stay nothing or alert the onlookers to the scheme. You boldly stride towards the guddler, announcing the devious scheme that he and his cohorts are executing. The crowd is at first confused, but their confusion quickly turns to anger when they realise they've been robbed blind. However, before you can nab the thieves, the two men dart along the street and are lost. Angrier skill, the crowd turns its rage towards the juggler and advances upon him. Desperate to make good his escape, the juggler hurls the clay balls he has been juggling into the crowd. One of them soars directly at your head. If you have the power fortification and wish to use it, I do, and I do, I shall use it. You quickly attempt to channel your power fortification and raise a shield against the clay ball, speeding towards your head. Channeling it. 8 XP to fortification. A dazzling field of blue energy appears in front of you, barely a second before the speeding clay ball arrives. The ball smashes into, into your magical shield and shatters into hundreds of tiny fragments. Your attention quickly turns to the juggler, who is trying to make good his escape. 8x Peter General, you and several others in the crowd overtake the juggler, as he flees along the street. You pin him down while a city guardsman is summoned to take him into custody. The guardsman thanks you for your vigilance as he ma matches, marches the defeated thief off along the street. There we are. That's a little adventure I found. More random encounters? Nope. Okay, I, know, I think there's another thing that goes on here. Might be some battles. As you rush through the city's harbour district at dusk, you're drawn to the sounds of a violent struggle animating from an, from an alley between two large warehouses. Upon reaching the mouth of the alley, you observe two city guardsmen pitching a desperate struggle against four men armed with short swords. The guards are fighting valiantly, but it looks as if they are close to being overpowered. So, I have three options. Hurry away from here at once. Rush to the aid of the guards, rush to the aid of the four armed men. Hmm. 
Rush to the aid of the guards, because, well, they're outnumbered. And that they're, they're the law, as well. The two guardsmen cast a beleaguered eye at you as you approach, but as you draw to within melee range and engage their opponents, they begin to fight with renewed vigour. You now find yourself faced with two scowling men wielding short swords. Two scowling rogues. Do I kill them or do I subdue them? I'll subdue them. I don't know what all this is about. And if they do, if they do need to die, they can be executed later. The rogues slash at you with their blade and are subdued. 10 XP. You step back from the battered form of your opponent just in time to witness one of the guardsmen bring his heel the heel to bring to heel the last rogue with the pommel of his blade. Oh yes, pommels. Those are mighty indeed. Well met, friend, smiles one of the guardsmen as he strides for forward and meets you on a shoulder cross. Trained and vicious they were, it's a new breed of vermin that skirts these streets at night. You are thankful indeed for your help. Well, at least they weren't literal vermin, because those Kugari would be a bigger mess. One of the guardsmen tosses you a leather pouch filled with gold that is pulled off the body of one of the fallen rogues. Fourteen gold tokens. You'll not be needing that any time soon, he smirks. The guards told you they have recently increased their nightly patrols at the harbour districts due to wobblies at several warehouses. You spend a few moments conversing with them before you bid them farewell and set off on your way. Okay, ten more searches. One, two. As you move along the bustling thoroughfare, you suddenly spot a lone figure through the crowd who appears to be carefully watching you. The figure is that of the man, tall and lanky, his face hidden by a shadow cast by a wide brim of a weather-worn hat perched on his head. Without warning, the mysterious individual slips into a fong of passers-by and disappears from sight. Alright, number three, nothing there, nothing there, and five, six. Ooh, you're passing through a thick glade in the woods east of the city. When suddenly a long thorny vine slivers out the undergrowth and wraps itself around your leg. You gasp in horror as you realise you've been ensnared by a death vine. You violently struggle to slay the thick sniny tentacle as it slowly drags you along the forest floor towards its flesh-eating core. It's a death vine tendril. I'm going to slice it to bits. And then I'm going to put it on a salad. And then I'm going to eat it with tomatoes. With tomatoes and salad dressing. And little bits of bacon. The tendril of sharp thorns dig into your... Cut into your flesh. Ah, uh, no, you know, you! You're at the bottom of the food chain! You're a plant! Stay at the bottom of the food chain! That's your job! Bottom! Of the food chain. Ah, stop messing around. You don't even have a cool. You don't even have a cool snappy jaw petals. You've slain your foe. Four XP. You pause to rest for a few moments following your victory before once again setting off on your way. All right, uh, seven, 
So another Deathline Tinder is going to quick combat that. 4 XP. Deathline Tendril. Hmm. Have I done something to angry them? So 9. Nope. And 10. Oh, it's that weather. Mounting the leather hat again. One more for luck. Okay, I think that's everything I can find by exploring at random. Just going to save now. Now, okay. Time, time. Well, I haven't visited the harbour area yet. Situated at the very end of the sand split, Talonus serves as an important seaport for the kingdom of Tulsa, and its harbour bustles with the commerce of many, many seaworthy vessels that dock at its wharf. Well, of course, if you want, you want to, you can't really build a capital without any access to the sea. I mean, how are you going to get enough food in? And how's it going to be able to bring its move troops out to project power and maintain order? Yeah. I mean, with a few exceptions, capitals tend to be near water. In fact, most cities tend to be near water because you need water to live. Visit a tavern. Two rather notorious taverns flank the eastern and western side of the Talonus Harbour Front. On the eastern side of the wharf sits a ramshackle building known as the Dindle Swale Tavern, while on the western side there resides the Salt Bowl. Both of these taverns have earned the reputation that has made respectable folk steer a wide course for them. Fortunately, I'm not respectable at all. In fact, I'm rather a disgrace. So I'll visit the Sogbow Tavern. Four large men clad in thick leather shirts stand in front of the door leading to the Sogbow. As you approach, the largest of the men looks you over and shakes his head as he folds his heavily muscled arms across his broad chest. Captain Wallosk is having a private affair inside, he sneers. Realise it might not be wise to try and force the issue. You turn and move away from the tavern. Who is Captain Wolkest? Captain Jordan Wolkest. Jodra's friends, and only his friends, so I'm not going to call him as Jod until he explicitly says I'm his friend, because that will probably just make me angry. He's one of the most notorious and feared individuals to be found across the breadth of the North Broadlands. As, as the cap. As a captain, as the captain of a pirate fleet that's preyed upon ver merchant vessels in the Felagay Sea, John Scrollet earned a reputation for brutality and lethality that was unmatched within his lawful profession. What is the Felagay Sea? Oh, that's not. That that's that's not got a link yet. I may well, I may well never get one because I mean. I mean, you, I mean, if you wanted to fill this up, you could just spend forever just filling in the law book. <laughs> because ev every law entry has, oh, but oh, oh, that links to another thing. And then you go, oh, 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 that's another thing. That's another thing. And then suddenly you have a law book that's got tens of thousands of entries. Recent years, however, the hardened brigand has seemingly given up his pirate profession. What is rumoured to be a lucrative trade protecting merchant vessels on the high seas from his former pirate ilk. 
It is also rumoured that this feared seaman has been spared prosecution for his for his past crimes by helping Titus resident Thane, Thane Crowith, with several problems of a maritime nature. Right, Thane Crowith is who's Thane Crowith? Wallace still commands a fleet of. Yeah, he's he's the boss of Talonus. Okay. Simple problems of maritime nature. Wallace still commands a fleet of fearsome galleons that roam the northern seas, protecting vessels in the shipping routes for a price. Despite the fact that he is no longer openly engaged in any sort of piracy, the appearance of his ship, Dragon Skinner, elicts fear and apprehension in any port it sails into. Alright. Alright, this is a man I do not want to anger, but I may well want to ally with. If I can ever get inside this pub and meet him. Alright, this is the tavern, Dindleswell Tavern. The interior of the dilapidated tavern is every bit as unappealing as his squatting exterior. A few drunk men, most likely sailors on vessels moored at the wharfs, are passed out in one corner while a handful of nervous barmaids tend to the wishes of an altogether unseemly assortment of patrons. Take a seat and order a drink. You've only just taken a seat at the table with four tough-looking seamen, when a particularly unwalling patron on the far side of the womb begins to hassle a serving girl. The drunk, belligerent cad grabs her by the arm, causing her to drop two ales which she had been carrying. The young woman attempts to free herself from his grip, but the broad-shouldered bully retains a firm hold on her. Several of the unsavoury locks seated alongside him chuckle at his noble antics. Hey, you! No means no. Intervene on the... And also, you've ruined ale. And that, that, that is a whooping offence. That's a whooping offence, you hear me? Intervene. You stride up to the, ta- to the table. Every eye in the tavern suddenly fir- firmly fixed on you. You grab the man's hand and forcefully remove it from the young lady's whisk as you step, step between the cad and the unfortunate victim of his drunken bravado. A real hero here, lads, smirks the broad-shouldered man as he rises to his feet, kicking over the chair in which he was seated. Always ready to rescue a damsel in distress, are we? Perhaps it is you, my friend, who needs a lesson in manners. The man places his hand on the grip of a wooden club strapped to his side and sizes you up and you have no doubt he intends to use it. Fight the drunken man. You know what? To make this interesting, I'm going to do it unarmed. But, because I'm skilled in unarmed combat, I get a 26 bonus to my melee rating. So my, my actual MR only went down a little bit. Fight the drunken man. I'm going to fight him until he's fought, and he falls down, and he goes, Oh no! I am now going to respect women more. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. Fight the drunken man. 
The man snickers as he drunkenly fumbles to draw the wooden club scrapped to his side. As he struggles to free the weapon, you swift you swiftly launch your attack. The tavern cranchons quickly gather around, making escape from this fight impossible. Fight! 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 Really hard! Alright, I'm now fighting the drunken tavern tough. It's non-lethal combat. Yes, well, it is for the best, because I really don't want to leave any more corpses around. Or at least not in a bar. It kind of ruins the atmosphere. The man swings at you with his wildly with his wooden club. You execute a series of incredible strikes against your foe. Alright, he's nearly down. Just going to give him the one finger death poke. But, you know, without the death. And he is defeated. Your opponent falls to XP. Your opponent falls backwards onto the table, which you were seated, and rolls off onto the floor, striking the worn timbers with a loud thud. Two of his cohorts leap to his feet and assail you with their fists. Huh? Two of you? Two fists? This is a completely fair fight. Except it isn't. You're doomed. Begin combat. You execute a series of incredible strikes against your foe. I probably just grab their heads and slam them together. The men throw a volley of punches at you. Yes, and then more incredible strikes. Two oboes, right in the nose. Same time. Something like that. You have defeated your foe. Double four. One XP to unarmed combat. You have undoubtedly won the respect of the tavern crowd for the moment. A walkish clear goes up as the second of the two men collapses onto the floor, a victim of your combat prowess. As the tavern keeper, with a heavy iron wad in his hand, makes his way over to sort out the affair, you quietly slip away through the dispersing group of onlookers and leave the tavern. As you stand outside of Ginger Square, contemplating your next move, you're approached by the young woman to whose defence you came only moments ago. He thanks you for intervening before turning and hastily making your way back inside. All right, well, I haven't finished with Ginger Square Tavern. Order a drink, but this time I get to finish it. Only just taking a seat at the table with four rough-looking seamen, when a small scuffle breaks out behind you. You turn turn and watch as the scuffle comes to blows, eventually leaving one patron out cold on the floor. Okay, look, I want a drink, okay? Speak with the tavern keeper. Tavern keeper tells you, despite his, his establishment's one woolly reputation, he really runs a respectable place. Is loved by sailors and locals alike. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've not been able to get a single drink here. Because every time I'm about to drink, a fight breaks out. Mind you, the only real trouble around here is from him. He says, lowering his voice at the word him. You know, Captain Jod Walsclet and his band of hooligans. Well, I guess... I guess you can't go completely straight... 
But now he's just just a little, he's just a little one or two degrees off straight. Well, have you know, completely crooked. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll take it, I'll take it. Okay, I can pick a fight. The tavern keeper, who's already a lookout for any sort of trouble brewing, spots your attempts to goad several of the patrons into the tavern, patrons into fighting, and promptly ejects you from the tavern. Alright, visit the tavern once more. So we'll pick a fight. Nope, that didn't work. It just so happens that, yes, you can pick fights. It's just, you gotta... Yep, there we are. This time it works. It let's find, takes less than a minute to find an unsavoury tavern patron, eager to accommodate your desire to brawl, and to provoke him into confrontation. The angry shouts of the tavern keep, keeper are quickly drowned out by the drunken war of the other patrons as they gather around to witness the brutal contest. Yep, I'm still unarmed. I mean, those are the walls. You don't bring weapons into a tavern brawl. I mean, come on, this is a friendly a friendly bar, friendly bout between two people who don't know each other but still hate each other. There's no particular molest. None of us want the other to die. We just want the other person to maybe break a couple of whips, get a nice big get a nice get a nice scar, a nice big black eye that you can tell stories about later. Tavern brawler. It's non lethal. Assaults you viciously, but I assault him more viciously, and he is defeated. Two XP to unarmed combat. Your opponent slumps to the floor, and with a loud, a loud cheer, what's from the fall of patrons who have encircled the brutal spectacle. A tavern keeper, in the company of two burly men, wielding salt cudgels, pushes his way through the crowd in an effort to quell any further violence. Within a few moments, another scuffle has broken out on the far side of the room, and the attention of all present shifts elsewhere. You use this opportunity to quietly slip out of, slip quietly out of the tavern. Hmm. So, it's an endless bar fight. Oh God, I was under the bars still standing with all the fights breaking out there. I guess he just has really tough chairs. And probably doesn't use glass in his bar, because that's just asking for trouble. Probably uses wood, maybe. Yeah, probably wood, because that, cause that, doesn't, that doesn't break into sharp bits which someone could put someone's eye out with. Yeah, wood. You could use metal as well, because that, that is malleable. So it, it bends, but it bends back. Mm. But metal is hard, and that could do damage. You know, probably wood. You have to varnish it, though, so the beer doesn't get through. Mm. Yeah, that's probably what you'd use. Oh, well, anyone else has got any other ideas, you could comment. What, what, what do you serve your ale in, in a tavern where everyone's always fighting all the time? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can do this again. Okay, admittedly, suddenly, you take note of a thin, cloaked figure darting furtively through the cloud of people on your right. Though you cannot catch a good glimpse of his face, it becomes clear he's watching you closely. Before you can move over and confront the man, 
He steps out of the throng that so far concealed him and stoops to one knee. You're horrified when he produces a long wooden tube and draws the strange instrument to his lip. Tip of what is obviously a blowgun is now aimed squarely at you. Got a few options. Dodge, Phaethory, Shadow Magic, Telekinesis, Fortification. Telekinesis. Succeeded. 86 speeds to Telekinesis. Channeling your power, Telekinesis. You project an unseen force against the dart that flies out of the end of your unknown assailant's blowgun. Misdirected by the projected force, the dart flies off course and lands harmlessly in the street. The thin, float-cloaked man quickly slips off into the crowd. A closer examination of the dart he fires confirms your worst suspicions. The tip of this small missile is coated with what appears to be some sort of poison! You move across the street to where you first spotted the cloaked man, but there's no sign of it to be had. Despite having no knowledge of his identity or motive, your assertions was no random attack. All evidence suggests you were singled out for death at the hands of this powered assassin. As you prepare to once, ag- once again set off on your way, you can't help but feel you are being watched. Visit a tavern. Now, visit a tavern. And pick another fight. There we are. It's another tavern brawler. Not made for combat. And he is defeated. Now, it just so happens that if you do enough of these tavern fights, you can actually go into the other tavern. Maybe I'll pause while I do that? Yeah, I guess so. I'll pause while I just get myself into a series of bar fights. Okay, something... People have noticed me now. I'll trust there'll be no trouble from you today, sir? Scowls the tavern keeper upon seeing you step through the door. Your reputation as a brawl is quickly becoming established here in, in, in the Drindle Sale, and many of its unsavoury patrons cast a wary eye in your direction as you make your way into the room. Right, more fight. Picked another fight. This one's different. It takes less than a minute to find an unsavoury tavern patron, eager to accommodate your desire to brawl and to provoke him into confrontation. The angry shouts of the tavern keeper are quickly drowned out by the drunken roar of the other patrons as they gather round to witness your brutal contest. As you square off with your opponent, another scuffle breaks out behind you. Come on now, I can't fight for all these fightings that are happening. Suddenly, the entire womb bursts into violent melee, and in the midst of the ensuing chaos, you are struck with great force from behind by a hurled chair. The heavy piece of furniture shatters across your back after striking you with tremendous force. Hey! Don't hit me. Well, actually, I don't mind about the hitting. But don't break the chairs. There's only so many chairs in this tavern. And we need chairs to sit on. It's a tavern brawler. Sorts you viciously. And is defeated. And I discreetly make my way out. Right, got a new message in the tavern. Mind yourself now, Zoop, warns the tavern keeper upon seeing you step through the door. Every eye in the tavern follows you warily as you make your way into the room. Hmm, I've got myself a bit of a reputation now. Well, I've still got more fights to pick, I think. 
Okay, I've had enough bar fights. I can now something has happened. Four lar large men clad in le thick leather shirts stand in front the door leading into the salt bow. As you approach, the largest, the largest of the men looks you over and shakes his head as he folds his heavily muscled arms over his broad chest. Zoop, is it then, he says as you approach. Captain Wallosk has been wait wanting a word with you. Come on in. Enter the tavern. The Sogbow is a bustle of activity inside. The tavern keeper and his handful of servants rush back and forth across the crowded room of the common room, serving food and drink to a motley assortment of dangerous-looking characters. A half-dozen bodies lie sprawled out on the floor floor in various spots. Some are victims of the drink, other are victims of the wanton violence that plagues the establishment. A man in a cloth tunic and, a, and with a short sword dangling from each tip strides up to you and shows his violin. He tells you he is first, his first mate under Captain Jod Swarsklet on a galleon named Dragon Skinner. Von tells you that Jod Waskit has been eager to meet a man who has recently earned so fierce a reputation for brawling over in the Dwindleswale. He leads you to the back of the tavern, where you are ushered into a private room filled with the more important members of the Dragon Skinner crew. Seated at the end of a long wooden table is none other than Captain Jodwell Scott himself. The lanky, long-haired former pirate takes a long swig of a bottle of reddish liquid, that better be rum, and rises to his feet upon seeing you entering the room. It's done taking you long enough to fetch him here, Vlan, he rolls. As you speak with Captain Wallace, you learn he's impressed with the reputation, reputation you earned yourself over at the Dindlesale Talon. Don't take nothing special to break a few heads over here, he says in a deep, gravity voice. But I'm, I'm sure, I'll sure be mistaken if I didn't think I had myself a white, true, uncommon wuff here. Could always use a good uncommon roof. Wuff, Irvan? Captain's first mate looks up for a conversation at the far end of the table and nods his consent. Irvan? Was Captain Rolskar, his face turning red as he grinds his teeth. It's becoming apparent that the response of his first mate was not to his to his liking. Yes, Captain Wallace, he answers aloud, his voice tripping with sarcasm. He slowly rolls his eyes. Oscar seems pleased with the newly formed response, and his demeanour lightens enough for him to force a smile. Good lad, that Varnius, he grumbles. He'll do, he'll do to something better comes along. Of course, nothing has for ten years. Anyhow, let's get down to it before this jaw jabbing makes me sick. Volos tells you that he would like to offer you a chance to join his crew. He says he's constantly on the lookout for rugged folk who are good in a fight to augment his brazen band of seamen. Captain tells you that before he can admit you as a member of the crew, you have to pass a small test of your ability. You know that this test will involve paying, paying a visit to a man here in the city who owes the captain a good deal of gold and exacting full payment on the debt. Having laid bare his intention, Captain Wallace stares at you expectantly. I'll accept the task. Don't want to make him angry. Wallace nods grimly. A 
calls over to his first date, Marling. He whispers something to Vaughn and nods in response. Vaughn will tell, tell you all you need to know, growls the captain as he rises to his feet and moves off along the table. He's better at keeping the facts of these sort of things straight. You come back here, let me know when it's all been done. Vaughn tells you the owner of the shipyard the shipyard on the west side of the harbour owns a handsome sum of gold as a payment for a loan the captain made to him nearly two years ago. The owner, Captain Wallace, has recently become agitated over the delinquency of the payment as demanding the loan be paid in full at once. You learn that the owner of the shipyard, a master shipwright named Coral, is rumoured to have ties with a band of local thieves and he wields a lot of power along the harbour front. Captain Wallace is, dang- is a dangerous but fair man, says Vaughn. She make ready to part. Do what by him this once, and you won't forget it. Vaughn wishes you luck as you leave the tavern and set off on your task. You easily find Crow's shipyard on the western side of the harbour. And shortly thereafter, you locate the master shipwright himself. Quirrell becomes indignant when you take the request that he is, that he immediately repay the gold that was loaned him by Captain Wallask. The large, thickly muscled man viciously slurs the captain. Tells you he will only repay the gold where he is good and ready to do so. He then rough, roughly demands you leave the shipyard at once. So I can leave as requested. But that'll open Wallace angry me, and I'm not doing that. I could rough up Quezel, or I could use the power of illusion or the skill of diplomacy. I'll use illusion. Just want to see what happens. Channeling it. Succeeded. 16 XP to general. When Quirrell looks out towards the harbour and beholds sir dozen surly members of Captain Wallace's crew staring back at him, the colour drains from the face of the, fo- of the master shipwright. Quirrell stammers something something nervously and then capitulates to your demands Matt demands without further hesitation. He tells you he will dispatch someone within the hour to personally bear the payment, Captain Wallace. You give him a good day and at once make your way out of the tavern and back to the Sog Bowel Tavern. Thirty two expedia general. Captain Wallace seems both thrilled and surprised. When he returns to the Sogbow, bearing the news that he will have the gold repaid within an hour. And indeed, Quizzle has spoken too, for a little more than an hour has passed. Passed when two, two young men arrive and persuade a heavy iron strongbox to the captain. Lodz accepts the delivery and the dismiss, dismisses the two couriers. Attached to the lid of the box is an apology spoiled by Quizzle, who apparently wishes no blad, bad blood between himself and the former pirate. Orlesk opened the box and notes grimly when he beholds the many rows of gold tokens stacked neatly within. Captain Wallace produces a leather couch and begins stuffing it with gold from the box. You're quite taken aback when he suddenly shoves the pouch towards you, indicating with a swift nod that you are to have it. Ought to be enough in there to catch yourself a bit of fine drink, he grins, revealing a top. Row of teeth speckled with three bits of silver. 178 gold tokens. The captain tells you he now considers you an honorary member of his crew. From time to time, he may have tasks, have a task suited to your talents. 
imitating a drink of spong spirit with him before you bid him farewell and make your way out of the tavern. Alright, exploring the wharves. Ooh, something's turned up. As you pass along one of the several long wharves that jut out into the Saab Peak, you happen upon the captain of, of a failure knees merchant vessel, who is busy documenting his cargo as it is unloaded from the belly of his ship. The man seems quite distressed, and you soon learn that his daughter was taken ill during a voyage from Galeran, and that her condition has not improved. If you have the power of restoration, 20 plus, and wish to use it, I do, and I do. When do you convince the distraught captain to allow you onto a ship where you pay a visit to his ailing Redwind daughter? She seems to be suffering from a serious fever, and you sense without immediate profound help the woman will not be long for this world. I can use restoration or restoration. I'm going to use restoration. Call upon your power restoration. Succeeded. 64 XP to restoration. Shouts of joy wing out across the strip ship along the wharf as the news of your heroic deeds spreads quickly. While his daughter recovers from her recent ordeal, the captain throws his arms around you and thanks you over and over having saved her life. Before you depart, the captain tells you that should you ever need passage on the high seas, broken aboard his ship any time. Thanks you again, you bid him farewell as you make your way off the ship and depart. Alright. Okay, I can travel to places here. I mean, that, that's not so useful now. But in the very, very old times where before you could just choose a quadrant, that was a, that was a way to get around. But now, not so much. Anyway, we're at the end. There's a two, There's a few... There's a couple of formal quests to do. The Dragon's Lair and Steel and Shadow. Eavesdropping leads to a few things. So I think that'll go on its own. I'm saving it for later. But anyway, that will be next time. And until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.